Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Hi everyone, Elizabeth Stevenson with New Direction Family Law. Sarah Hink. We're here today to talk about, <laughs> we've just recorded an episode about affairs and how it might make you feel and so now we're going to talk about having your day in court Lord. and giving you a really good picture of what that looks like in the path and maybe why you should not take that path. I know. And I think we thought of this because I've never been in court as much as I have been in court in the last six months. I don't think. Yeah. It reminds me whenever I waited tables of when you like had your section and you all got and you're like, why aren't you going to go sit in those other people's sections? Why are you coming to mine all at once? I know. People just, can't get along right now for some reason. No, I think the world is just in, in the divorce world and just in the everyday world, people's emotions are just heightened. I think so. And it's like they don't just, they just don't give a fuck. I agree. Honestly, I agree. they don't. Great. They just want to win or not win or whatever. But anyway. unfortunately, attorneys are like that too sometimes. True. It's like when somebody <laughs> comes to me and they tell me who's on the other side, I can tell you a lot of times how it's going to go. Yeah. You're going to need some extra wine <laughs> and I hope you have some money saved yeah, up to right. pay me to battle this that's person. Right. Let's talk about, let's say, let's take an easy one. Like you're just going to court, can't settle it. You got a temporary custody and support hearing. And those are limited to, let's say, two hours because you have two issues. So in, in a client's mind, two hours, that's nothing. This should be so easy. My rule of thumb is even if it's an hour or a two-hour hearing, it's going to take me four to six hours to prepare for that. Yeah. General is like a three times as long as a hearing. And that's usually right. give or take depending on the facts. And it's unfortunate because if you're going to court for a custody case, we tell you generally without any big factors out there, you're looking at 50-50. Correct. Why can't we settle this? And like I was in court last week and they agreed on 50-50. But you know what they didn't agree on? A schedule. Oh. <laughs> so I had to go to court and I was in court for three hours, even though it's two hours. Right, you spend right. much more time in court than you think you will right. over the schedule. They agreed on 50-50. One just went in week on, week off. The other one wanted a the two five schedule. So, you know, if you really, if it's worth it to you, then let's go. Then let's go. Yeah, I had one that was supposed to be temporary two hours and you start, you think you're supposed to start at a certain time. We didn't start till two hours later. So then you roll into the next day. And so six hours later, and same thing, they agreed on, it's almost there at 50, 50. We're talking about two days. Yeah. And that's what we spent $15,000 on basically. Yeah. And you have to understand that's what it's going to cost. And I know after you have these hearings, a lot of people are like, shit, I don't want to do that again. I think sometimes <laughs> it's good for people just to get a taste of it. And it's so funny mm -hmm. because you can watch, you can have the most articulate client and that's smart, that it's just credible, looks looks really honest, or they're just putting it out there. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if you've ever, folks, ever been in a courtroom where y'all have. It looks like, it really, that's the only thing that really looks like TV to me is there's yeah. a stand, there's a judge, there's a big courtroom open. And sometimes clients just freeze they do and they, it's and like it, pulling teeth out of them and so all the judge has to go on is your what you say and what your partner says and it all comes down to credibility and who they believe so if you're up there stumbling and not able to get out what you need to get out 
a lot of times that's not good for you. It's not. And you, we can prepare our clients as best we can. And we always do at New Direction Family Law. We bring you in or Zoom for a hearing prep meeting and walk you yeah. through what the process is. Yeah, and those trial preps, sometimes my clients would be like, why are you being so mean to me? And I'm like, <laughs> listen, I'm asking you questions that the other attorney should that's ask right, you. Right. Like, I'm treating you at this moment as if you're the other party. So, yeah, I'm going to ask you hard questions. Right. You have to be prepared to answer them. And I'm going to tell you, like, oh, this isn't good. You shouldn't say that for it this way right and um, then you can do that and then they either will or won't remember mm-hmm. or rule of thumb is people lie all the time so when you hear your ex up there saying something you know isn't true don't go ballistic you just literally got to put your head down and take it yeah <laughs> don't sit next to me and scream objection <laughs> <laughs> don't have rub don't start writing frantically on your piece of paper oh god just i'm okay with that <laughs> at least you're not like yelling at my ear because People don't understand if you're talking to me, I can't listen to the other attorney ask questions to the person that's testifying. So I'm like, write it down, write it down. It was all, and there's a lot going on in that time. Like you say, if you're like, if you're doing a direct of someone, you got to listen for objections, you know, mm-hmm. what they say, and then they go off the road and that sort of thing. And then it never goes as you, best as you plan. Yeah. It, it can go off the rails pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, you're right. Some people just freeze up in court and you don't get that opportunity to have your day in court if you're just sitting there and you aren't you know telling the judge your story because that's the opportunity is to just really right. expand on everything and let the judge hear the ins and outs and don't just answer yes and no exactly and then the judge can ask you questions mm-hmm. too and then a lot of folks go they ask me questions is that bad no that sometimes it's a good thing because it means they're listening but then there's also a lot of times you're the fourth case on their docket that day they're tired, too, just like any other person. And they got to make a decision in an hour on where your kid's going to live. Shoot, they get in a bad mood after five minutes. You can be the first case up there. True. And I understand people thinking certain things are relevant, but they're, they might not be. So that's our job as attorneys right. to tell our clients, I know this part really frustrates you or you're mad about this or what your ex did, but that's not going to be very relevant, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But then they still, during the hearing, want to bring it up, want to ask about it. And I'm like, it's not relevant. And you don't want to waste all your time on something that's not going to change the outcome. And like I always say, the client is the boss, except when it comes to how the trial is run. Like, you get to make the determination about the witnesses and what's relevant and the questions that you ask. And sometimes I will ask a question just so I will ask it and they have an opportunity to answer it. But it's not going to win or lose their case. But something that they feel like they want to say, a lot of times I'll let them do that. And same for cross-examination. Oh, why didn't you ask him about this or that? I'm like, because it wouldn't be useful. And <laughs> what I don't think people understand is that we are timed in court. We literally, only, literally to the second. Yeah, they time us. And for these temporary hearings, the first dates you get when you ask for certain claims are limited to two hours, maybe even just one hour. And it's amazing how fast it goes. And people don't understand until you're in court just how, how quick bad. that time goes. And that hour is for both sides, not just... Right, you get 30 30 minutes. Whatever it's on the calendar for, everyone gets half. You have two parties. And it just depends on the judge. Sometimes that includes your opening and closing. So you have 15 minutes with your own client. And you got to ask them about what their day in a life is like, where the kids go to school, who did did this, who did that. You can't get all that in. No, and if you talk too much, I'm going to give you mean looks. Tell you to shut up. You got to move on. And that's a strategy that the attorney has to be aware of. Last week, the other attorney ran out of time. I still had seven minutes left after everything, so I won that. Yeah, I'm like, that's what happened to me, too. The other party didn't watch I don't know. Like, that's a small little battle I'd like to win there. Yeah, I'll take him when I can get him. time management is very important, for sure. Because you can come in to me and think you got a slam dunk case, and 
I will tell you, nobody knows if you do or not. Mm-hmm. Only the judge knows. And so if you want to roll that dice, then well, I'll do that for you. But you can make a whole lot more headway, I think, if you try to settle. Let's find a way to meet in the middle, especially if it's temporary. It's temporary. Yeah. Let's just get a stopgap measure in here. So if we go to a permanent hearing, I can make that a week long if I want to. I can get everybody in there and talk about anything I want them to talk about. Yeah, then you can have your time on the stand to trash your ex. <laughs> That's right. As much as you want, bring on the witnesses, all the bank statements. I mean, support, it's hard because... That's something that's probably the most difficult to settle, unless it's a nasty custody case, is how much support are you going to get? Because there's no equation like there is for child support. So that's a tough one for the temporary hearing when you have a post-separation support support. hearing. If you just have one person, the supporting spouse that just refuses to pay anything, then you're going to have to go to court. Right. Oh, no. There are times when you have to. I agree with that. Yeah, when you're going to have to go to court. But that's not the time that you're going to be up there talking about his affair. (laughs) Because those hearings are very limited in time. They're one hour, so half an hour for each party. And you're basically going over your monthly budget, what you spend on, what your income is, and you go through theirs and figure out if there's any leftover. So those are honestly hard to prepare for because you have to be cover everything you have to. And it's hard for especially dependent spouses to understand if you're doing child support, let's say, and because of the affair, they had another child. Okay. That takes $2,000 off of his income right there. Yeah. Which reduces what you get. And so it is the worst thing to have to tell somebody Yeah, that because he has this other child, your children and you get now get less. And it, that would be hard for me to wrap my head around, but yeah. that, that's how it works. Yeah. You don't write the law, Elizabeth. (laughs) Don't get mad at us. Go call your legislator. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just a lot of, there's a lot of things that people, why can't you ask this? Why can't I say what somebody told me? I need to be able, and they don't understand the rules like of hearsay and that sort of thing. And so it's frustrating for them. I think a lot of times our time is better spent either in mediation where we can work out those things, or they can tell the mediator whatever they want to tell yeah. them, whatever anybody else said, and meet in the middle somewhere. you got to put all this stuff aside to see if you can come to an agreement, and that's really hard. Yeah, and I love mediation. It gives the person an opportunity to be heard. You're, right. you're being heard by your attorney in your room, and you're being heard by the neutral Wait. third party, right. the mediator, and we can spend time on that. And you we spend as much time as you want to on Yeah, that. and the mediator... Will be another knowledgeable attorney in family law in the area, and they're neutral. So they'll take your reasoning behind asking for something to the other room and be like, she has a point. They're not right. going to tell the other party that she has a point to the extreme that the judge is definitely going to order this, but you should consider where this person's coming from and your next right. offer to them. Because they can say, in my experience, just like we tell our clients in our experience, sometimes it's easier to hear it from somebody else. This is generally what happens, especially with custody. Yeah. It's going to be 50-50 more than likely. Sometimes they don't listen to us, they, but they'll listen to the mediator. I don't know. That's just human nature, I think. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to listen to your parents, but you'll listen to your mom's best friend. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. They're like, yeah, the, the cool aunt over there. Yeah. But it's definitely the opportunity to get some things resolved. And if you can't resolve everything, that's fine. But take the opportunity to resolve right. what you can. I agree. But yeah. If you can narrow the issues, that's even better. Hey guys, it's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you've ever known a friend that's gone through some sort of a custody dispute, you can imagine how stressful it is. Or if you've gone through a custody dispute yourself, child custody disputes can be one of the most stressful and exhausting times of divorce for you and your children. You know your children best, and it's important that you know your legal rights and options and have a say in what's in the best interest of your children. At New Direction Family Law, we have over 30 years experience protecting the rights of our clients in child custody matters. 
We aggressively advocate, we support, and we educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. So if you're going through a child custody matter or you have a loved one that is, let us be strong for you so you can be strong for your children. Give us a call today at 919-719-3470 to schedule an initial consultation or reach out to us via our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. Jen here. Just from an outsider's perspective, whenever I see the legal teams army up and they're preparing and doing trial prep with clients and everything, and then we see so often continuances happen and understandably the client is very frustrated. You guys are frustrated because you guys have done all this prep. But I see it happen so many times, and especially with COVID, and somebody pops up with COVID, holy hell, then I know continuance is on the board for that too, which sometimes is completely out of our control. And I'll give Wake County credit lately. They've added some courtrooms so that the temporary hearings are rarely continued anymore, which is good. But it is. It's like I had one two weeks ago continued, and I'm not being heard till the middle of December. Yeah. So now we're in limbo for another four months. It certainly happens. And people think we, okay, you prepped the last time. You shouldn't have to prep the next time. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry, but I do not remember all that. (laughs) And do you know how many texts and emails have gone back and forth between then and now? (laughs) Yeah, we have updated evidence and we have to refresh our mind. If you want your attorney to be beneficial to you, then they're going to have to prepare for court. Yeah. I mean, I just, maybe since I was taught, but I think we all over prepare. I was always taught, know the facts, know the facts, know the facts. And that takes time to do that. Right. If we've subpoenaed documents from banks, I'm happy for my paralegals to go through them, but I need to go yeah. through them to put my eyes on them and see who's spending what, where, and what they're yeah, doing. It's, you know? I need to know. I, that's right. It's in my brain. That's right. And I've had clients come from other attorneys, and they we have a hearing. They're like, oh, my gosh, you're so much more prepared than my last attorney. You know things better about my family. This was so much better. And then I get the bill after the trial, and they're like, damn. And I'm like, oh, you said I was better prepared than your other attorney. <laughs> like, this, it takes time. And if I'm working and preparing for your case, I'm not working on anybody else's. Else. And that's a balance that they just have to see what's important to them. And I think we're going to do a podcast about this, but it, I think we're always, I think we're always upfront about how much it's going to be. We can't tell you exactly what it's going to be, but we can give you a ballpark because we've been doing this a really long time. Right. And we know how long. It, Prep is generally for the hearing. So if I know you have a six-hour hearing, then I might have two days of prep, quite honestly. Really? Truly? If we're going to have all those exhibits and making sure everything goes smoothly and then we get everything that we need to get in trial. So you just multiply my hourly rate by those hours and uh, we have an estimate. And then you got paralegals and everything. Mm -hmm. It's like going, oh, I'd like a... I like to buy a Porsche, but I only want to pay for a four. You know? I mean, you, you can't do discovery. You can't do depositions unless you have the budget to do that. And then there's the other side where I might not think that we need to go through with depositions and multiple rounds of discovery, but that the other attorney thinks that way. Then your client always wants you to, why didn't we? Yeah. And I have to respond 12 times and you have to get your deposition taken and I have to be there. That's out of our control. I can't stop them. And that's hard. And again, it's hard. And if you don't know that, you don't know that. That's the way it works. They have a right to do it. And sometimes it's the spouse that makes more money. They litigate the other spouse so they're broke. That is they they can, yeah, they know they can out-litigate them. That's really sad to me. Yeah, but it, it does happen. But it does happen. And for for sure. folks that you guys just mentioned discovery a couple of times, so for us layman folks that do not speak that legal jargon, can you just quickly explain what discovery is and why that can affect? Yeah, I think the one people probably know most is when you see like a program, we're all sitting in a conference room, our attorney's on the other side asking one of the parties questions with their attorney sitting next to them. That's a deposition. Okay. It's under oath. There's a court reporter there, but you're not in the courtroom. That makes sense. Yeah. And then what about discovery, though? That is just, that's one type of discovery. Okay. And then. There's written questions that you can ask. So 
instead of you have to respond as if you're under oath because you sign with notary. So it could be written questions and interrogatories. Tell me every doctor you've gone to in the last five years, any medications prescribed to you and what they're prescribed for. Those kind of written questions or there's admissions where you say, isn't it true? true. Blah, 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 blah. And we see those a lot for where there is sexual. <laughs> Isn't it conduct. true that you had sex with so-and-so on October 31st? Right. And you have to admit or deny Not that. Yet. And then there's the request for production of documents. And that's when you have someone that requests maybe five years of your bank account statements. And you have to produce some. Every or that's fun. you've ever taken of you and your children, all of your tax messages. And that's, you talk about time consuming and expensive. That is Crazy expensive. Yeah, you're going to pay a lot of money to your attorney to answer those. And, and so if and you're going to it. And then you're going to pay a lot of money if we send it out for us to review it when oh it comes Lord. back in. <laughs> and then if your attorney tells you to just produce it, please just produce, produce it. it. Like people, you, you cause yourself more problems by not producing it. And then we have to go to court and explain to the judge why you didn't produce it. And then so you're paying more money for that. And then the judge says, we need to produce it. And then, then they pay their attorney's fees while you're here. Yeah, you're paying all this money. And it's just, a, it might feel like a circus, and sometimes it is, but that's why either we keep going to court or we attempt mediation. And you can attempt mediation as many times as, as you, you want. want to. My philosophy nowadays is give me all your disclosures and let's get you into mediation as quickly as possible, even mm -hmm. if nothing's filed or even if something is filed. Because yeah. look at the time and money we could save and heartache for your family if we could get this settled. Yeah, and like we said, and over, a lot of things are out of control. We had this one case where we went to mediation twice. Both times blew up, but my opinion was the other attorney. And then, then all of a sudden, after that second mediation, that other attorney left. She had personal family issues, so like nothing having to do with the case. Opposing party got a new attorney, and we settled, settled. within a month. Exactly. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes it just depends on who's on the other side. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I would say, I would always say to someone, someone offers you mediation, at least attempt it. Yes. That's what I would A lot say. of times you're required to do it if you're in court anyways. So Correct. But attempt it in good faith. Faith. Yeah, absolutely. And know that you're going to have, everybody's going to have to give up. Because even if you go to court, you're never going to get your best day in court. No. So why not try mediation? Because you're not going to get your best day in mediation either, but they all can find somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And, and the, the good thing is you can focus on, well, to me, I really want the house. To him, he might not want to pay any alimony. So let's figure out a way to make that work. So everyone... You know, get your goals met. And then the judge can't do that. They're going to deal with proper property separately, alimony, and you don't get to have everything on the table to play with. Correct. Because a lot of times, and I've had these in the last two cases where the party, my party wanted to keep the house, but they couldn't refinance because they had to take so much out to pay the other party. So it was like, just like what you said, let me keep the house and you keep X amount of your retirement or whatever that I would be entitled to that would equal your half of the yeah. mortgage. So she got to keep the house. You got... What was important to him was to keep his retirement. And be creative. And the court could never have done that. Yeah. Or you can go to court, pay all the attorneys, <laughs> get up on the stand, tell the judge what an asshole he is. And court's not closed for these hearings, right? It's open to the public? No, unless there's an order closing the court. Yeah, no, I'm probably been, milling in and out of there all, all the these time. Random people knowing your business. <laughs> yeah, and it's just people can say the nastiest stuff about each other and it's still not be relevant. And at the end of the day, we know what's going to happen most likely. We've and already told you, we've already forecasted what's going to happen. And like, it just sours the whole deal. Especially you got kids, you can't compare enough. And I, it, it's just, they can have, they can say what they need to say, but my philosophy, and I think yours is too, and everybody at the firm is, I don't, I don't 
build my case around bashing the other party and making them look bad. My job is to put you in the best light and build you up and show how yeah. fabulous you are. That's what the judges want to. And I, so when the other party gets up there and starts bashing you, you got more credibility just to start off with. Yeah. You could go call your friend, go out, drink, do whatever you want to do, but don't do it in court. Yeah. You know, they're not have to do that. I let the other side do it. The other yeah, attorney, exactly. like, fine, just keep it negative. But I think judges, my experience looking at them throughout the trial and outcomes of my custody mm-hmm. trials is taking the higher road and focusing on the positive, positive is a much better outcome for you. So what if we have a client? Have you ever had a client that said, no, I don't want to do that? So. You got it. You well, hire a client because for in court, that's out of your hands. <laughs> well, that's that. <laughs> but that's our advice. A lot of people go, no, that's not how I want to. I want to scorched earth, and it's like that's. There's times for that, but 99 percent of the time, there's not. Yeah, no. By the time we get in court, I feel you. I just we're, I'm yelling at them a little bit. <laughs> we were talking about that before. Sometimes you gotta yell at your client, like, no. And if you don't like my advice and you don't like my strategy, then go get another attorney. Exactly. So we and they it. don't. I'm like, follow what I say. <laughs> yeah. I here we are. We're going to court. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want people to misconstrue that and that we don't fight very hard for clients. Oh, no. But we do it in a in, in, a, in that particular well, light as opposed. No, to, I like, am fighting for them by doing the you know what the court's gonna. Reward. Or I'll I'm go going, after somebody on cross for sure. I don't have a problem with that's that. That's so much fun. Sometimes I get a little carried away. There's been times when the judge has told me to slow down, let them answer. <laughs> Take it down, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but you're in court. So that it's going, it's moving. Yeah. At the end of the day, if clients turn around and they say, you're prepared, you fought for me. That's and, all that and, matters. And even if, I think a lot of times, even if we don't prevail, they're still happy that we were prepared and did what we could do. Yeah. I think when we prepared them that you might not win. Yeah. Or yeah. win on all. Be honest. Yeah. Exactly. I tell them all the time. I was like, I could sit here and lie to you and say this, that, and the other, but that's not going to be beneficial. You guys mentioned mediation for a settling option too, but do you have, and I'm just asking this in generalities, do you have clients also that settle with negotiations back and forth between you and another attorney coming to a separation agreement or something without actually having to go through the more formal process of mediation? Yeah. Yeah. Have mediation scheduled <laughs> on Thursday. We don't need it anymore. Yeah. I think it's it. I think it's like old school. I tell people necessarily not do that because I'm going to send you a letter. Three weeks later, you're going to send me back a letter. Yeah, it can be really time consuming to try and do that back and forth. Yeah. Because you have to have another attorney on the other side that's also diligently working That actually on the responds. Case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it really just depends on the case by case if you can do that. Sometimes yeah. you can throw together an outline if things are pretty simple. Okay, 50 50 custody. We want this schedule. This is what the child support worksheet says. So this will be that. Yeah, you know? I like to do one and then so everybody has an idea yeah. of how far apart or how close we are. And then you can make that determination. I think. Exactly. Yeah. Knowing what the issues are. If there's not support, then it's going to be easier, most likely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. But there's also cases where we spin wheels for a year without getting into mm-hmm. mediation. True. And I keep telling them, let's go to mediation. Or sometimes I tell them, let's just file in court because they're not responding to anything. You don't want to. It's like, I don't want to go to court. I don't want to go to court. But you got to do something. I can't make anybody do anything. I know. People think I can make (laughs) them do things. Only a judge can make somebody do something. I cannot. Can't you send a subpoena for their bank records and they're not handing it over when we ask nicely for them? No, I can't. We're not in court. I don't have any subpoena power. Otherwise, I'd be subpoenaing like ex-boyfriend's text messages and just having a field day. It's not allowed. Yeah, there we are. Is it better? Who? It just depends on the case. But more than likely, if give it a shot and it will be better, I promise. That's right. That's you know. right. And listen to your attorney's advice on that. I agree. Yes, absolutely. Listen to your attorney. <laughs> and even if you do file in court, that still means you have the option to still settle outside of court. But sometimes right. I've heard you guys say you need a lot of fire under somebody's ass to get them to start moving. And then maybe that gets Yeah, a lot of times you thing. have to file just to get somebody's attention and get... 
as you say, subpoena power and get the documents that you need, then you more than likely can settle. But in the sand, I sw- and I will say most of the time, head in the sand people are the men by a big majority. True. So just ignore, <laughs> ignore everything. Like maybe if I just ignore all these emails and letters from the attorney, you'll just go away. This may sound bias, but I think a lot of times because they hold the purse strings, they don't care. They don't care. But the dependent spouse does care. You're not getting any money. You're getting very little. So it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And women, we take initiative, like to move on. Let's get this done. <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And chop, we're going to move on from this topic. That's right. Yes. So as always, ain't, ain't that, that some Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can visit us at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at the exit strategy underscore podcast or email us at exit strategy at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. We'll be back next time with more no bullshit content about life, divorce, parenting, relationships, and everything in between.